It's Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Luis Vasquez. An hour-long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football about to start right now. We have lots and lots to talk about. Saying hello, Ciudad de Mexico, Tom, Mr. Tom Marsh, Mexico correspondent for ESPN. I'm looking at this article right now that we're about to talk, and that's what it said. Tom Marsh, Mexico correspondent. Mexico correspondent, Tom Marsh, how are you? Not bad. Not bad, yeah. Luis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. It's <laughs> the point. Not bad. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Cesar, yeah. uh, we start off with uh, San Diego. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm trying to look for some uh, a heading here. It says Cesar Hernandez, San Diego correspondent with Mexico ties in soccer. Yeah, they're all over the place, man. Congratulations. I'm trying well, to see. Well, these days, man, it's just Cesar Hernandez at home doing nothing, watching <laughs> soccer. You know, well, she had a little bit more work, but it is what it is. He still has work. <laughs> I should be good on the editors. Uh, we have a, a, a jam-packed show today, um, taking you on all aspects. Usually we try to break it down, right? National team to Mexicans abroad and also Liga Mekis, but it's kind of all over the place today on lots of different news. So uh, we're just going to jump right in, not waste any more of your time. Thank you for choosing the Mexican soccer show, as now you have lots of different options. We won't tell you those options so you don't run away from us. But thank you for uh, for uh, listening to us. Here we go. Uh, let's start off with Mexicans abroad. Let's see, do we still have Tom? Do we still have Cesar? Yep, yep, yep. I feel like there's some background noise here. Yep. I think that was Tom. Yep. Tom, are you all right? <laughs> yep. Buck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Here we go. We're going to go ahead and keep going. We'll start. Um, Cesar, Mexicans abroad. A surprise, I think, it's, you know, we're talking about anybody moving during this COVID break and all the things that are happening. You know, people had a few of the, you know, the, let's say some of the stars that we we kind of were wanting for Mexico to move to players to move. And we didn't know if it was during the winter transfer season or during this COVID season and stuff. But we heard Eugenio Pisuto, Pisuto has joined the French team Lillet and that was confirmed last Saturday. Uh, to you, when you heard the news, were you kind of like out of nowhere that it, this came out? I know there was some news that, would, that uh, a f- I think it was a, a while back, Tom, you were talking about it on the last podcast. But now that it's confirmed, Cesar Mexicans yeah. abroad, you're always on top of things. How are you feeling, man? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty happy about this. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it's it's tough to tell when these deals are going to go through, you know, <laughs> considering what's currently happening right now in the world. But I, I think I think I kind of anticipated this. You know, he, he you, you saw what he was accomplishing at the youth level with the national team. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he was, uh, if I remember correctly, he was a captain for for Mexico, the U-17 the World Cup. I mean, he won the bronze ball for, for the tournament. So after accomplishing that, you kind of assume that, you know, that teams would be paying attention to him. And luckily, you know, Lil over in France are, are giving him an opportunity. So I, I'm... I'm I, I'm excited. I think we just need to be we just need to be patient. Um, um we'll, we'll see because remember this isn't just some sort of mid-table you know French side. This is a side that you know qualified for the Europa League. You know, so yeah. this is this is a decent team in France. And I mean, if if we want to talk about the Europa League, I mean, I guess the good news is that you know because there's gonna be Europa League action you know next season, that means more games or perhaps maybe more opportunities and maybe even some some amount of minutes for, for Brazil. But I, I, th- I think we got to be patient. And I, I think we wouldn't have been surprised if, you know, he would have potentially gone on loan. Um, it's looking like uh, he'll, uh, he's going to stick with the first team for now, but I, don't know, I, I think it's a, it's a step up and, and a step up for a player who's really interesting. I think we can talk about it. I'm sure Tom would have mentioned it too, but just, you know, this is a player who developed in New Zealand when he was in a boarding school in New Zealand for a couple of years. He played with the academy side for Wellington Phoenix. He came, you know, he did well for Michael's youth national team. Now he's in France. So it's it's definitely not, not exactly in a, a typical Mexican soccer story. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how it continues to develop. Tom Pizzuto said in a news conference he feels confident in himself and he's going to definitely play without any problem this year. Uh, to you, I know you and I kind of talked about it th- today, uh, kind of prepping for this. Is this is the ex- this is the perfect path? Like this is what players should be doing, from contracts that are ending with the Pacto de Caballeros, with you know all the things that are happening in Mexico and moving up to a team to a good team in Europe that's able to get some uh, decent minutes and in good competitions. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's. Uh, I think he's an impressive kid. Um, you know, you saw him give the uh, first press conference in English, and I don't know, he was asked a question, he'd just take a second and then and then kind of answer, you know what I mean? He looked like he he belonged on that on that kind of stage. Um, you know, he's, he's played in, in New Zealand, at, I think Wellington Phoenix Academy. So, you know, he's learned English there. He's lived outside of Mexico before. Um, obviously, he's got the Italian passport, which, you know, massively helped the move. Um, and yeah, no, I'm very excited. Just very, very excited. I think that I think he's the real deal. I think that the question mark and the caution should be just with the injury, basically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. you know that that injury in January was horrific, and you know Leal would have thought longer and hard about whether to sign, bearing that I'm that in mind because obviously you can have the medical, but you know he's not back playing yet. He's not kind of you know you're not seeing him in that in 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 action. I think that that that's the the question mark over the deal, but. Yeah, as far as um, I think the, the implications, I think I think domestically for Mexico, um, the fact that a young kid has basically wound down his contract with Pachuca and leaves on a free, I yeah. think it, it kind of sends a message to other um, to other young there as well that you know Mexican national team has obviously done really well at youth national team level over the last what ten maybe fifteen years and you know. Um, there's still pressure, and and I was, you know, I I heard I was speaking to someone the other day, and uh, you know, I heard there was pressure before that Under-17 World Cup for the players to 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 sign contracts, and I mean it's not the way it should be, and you know, kind of like oh, if you don't sign the contracts, then then you might not be able to go and stuff like that, kind of dark, obscure things that go on the background a lot in Mexican football that that shouldn't happen. Um, Obviously, Pizzuto is, you know, he not only did go to the World Cup, he was, he was amazing. Um, I think he was Mexico's best player, one of the best players in the whole tournament. So, very, very exciting. And I think, um, you know, you look at the Artiega to Belgium as well, and you think, you know, that's another good, good move. And and I don't know, like obviously, I'm very much in the camp that you know Mexico needs more players in Europe. I think we saw when we did the last podcast. I think I said. Like if Mexico aren't going to be able to play these games against you know non-concacaf opposition, it's even more important than ever that there's more players going to you know to to European leagues to to the to the elite of the game. And um, and I don't know you know Artiega's there, Pizuto's there, and you look you know we keep hearing these Cesar Montes rumors that aren't going anywhere. I think Macias is definitely going to go there at some point. I'm not sure whether now or in the winter but it looks like he's going to go like Real Sociedad I think I think are generally interested I don't know and I don't know if, you, if those guys go and and you know one or two others obviously Charlie Rodriguez Alvarado I don't know it's kind of you have got a really a strong um, a strong generation of players and I think that um, that hopefully you know more more players follow on from Pizuto and, and Artiega and, and we see him over there because mm-hmm. Because I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the 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 generation that that's there already, um, you know, it's coming to an end. I mean, it's definitely 100% the you know the what we've been used to for what, the last five six years or, or more. You know, the Hector Moreno, Herrera, and Layun obviously back now. Ochoa back now. Um, Chicharito back now. Um, you you know that kind of that kind of that kind of generation is is no longer on the up, you know what I mean? And I think it's really important that these guys show that kind of ambition. And, and Pizzuto has obviously, he's obviously done that. He's been really smart about it because, you know, if he'd signed a contract with Pachuca, they would have been, they would have been knowing that he finished third, um, got the bronze ball or whatever at the under-17s World Cup. They, they, they would have, they would have held out. I mean, it's their prerogative. They're a club. They've, they've sold, they made big money on Lozano, Herrera. Uh, Eric Gutierrez um, is the prerogative to do it, but um, but but for the for the Mexican game, I think it's better for for Pizzuto to to be exactly where he is in a, in a great club that develops players and, and knows when to sell them on. Yeah, I think I think I think the really good good thing about Pizzuto too is that I mean I chatted with the academy director of Wellington Phoenix, um, and this is actually back last year when Pizzuto first got the call up to train with the senior team. I mean, but I mean, it seems like Pizzuto definitely has, you know, a good head on his shoulders, you know, just like, you know, mentally wise, you know, it's, he, he had a lot of good things to say about him, about the way he carries himself, his character as a person. So 
that definitely makes me feel pretty, you know, I'm sure to feel pretty confident about Basuto's ambition about what he could potentially accomplish abroad, too. Cesar, so, so this isn't the the kid that like messaged us like five years ago from <laughs> that he was in New Zealand and he said that he wanted no. to help he wanted what us a, to help him to get to the to I'm, like, I'm laughing, I'm like, yeah, no, wait. Wait a second. Hold on. It wasn't that guy like five years ago that messaged all of us saying, I really want to get to the Mexican game and we're like, Yeah, okay, you're in New Zealand. Hey, you know, we should actually I wonder if that guy listens to the show. Like are, are you are you successful now? Did we miss an opportunity? Like hey, uh, uh, we go back we go back to our DMs and it's Pisuto and we're like, dang, <laughs> we totally didn't believe this kid. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely exciting to to hear. I, I mean, it kind of threw me off. I'm like, wait, what? You know, where where did this come from? And my lack of knowledge maybe right now because of COVID and just kind of staying away from a lot of the news, but um, it's it's exciting to see and just kind of like you you and you know you and Tom said. It, this is the way to go forward, the way to do it. And I'm kind of interested in, you know, of how it kind of happened and also, you know, the amount. I don't know if there's any figures out there. Yeah, it, was, but... it was free transfer. Yeah. I mean, Pachuca will only get um, the, the formation rights from, the, you it. know, FIFA. You know, the, the FIFA rules stipulate that if he was formed for so many years within their academy, when he, even if he goes abroad for free, then they, they will get kind of... Uh, the the certain percentage, but obviously I think it's going to be like you know I think I think I speak to someone maybe like seven hundred thousand dollars, and when you know I'm sure Pachuca what they would have done with Pizzuto is you know he made his debut in January and I'm sure mm-hmm. he would have without the injury would have played all all the past season and he would be playing now and I'm sure they'd he'd wait till you know he's he's one of the best best midfielders in. Liga MX and then selling for 20 million. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a there's a big difference between the figure that they get and I'm sure the one that they were they would have kind of wanted and, and projected. But apparently, he was signing contracts for um, just a year at a time, which is um, which is strange. And I think his his dad as well is is obviously he, lo- he he seems like a smart guy. I mean, he's you know he sent the kid to New Zealand. He's um, you know he's he's only been signing the the contracts for a year, so. Yeah, and, and and I actually spoke to a Pachuca player who, who obviously trained with him a lot, and you know the report back was just like this guy is, he's top. You know what I mean? He's like he's absolute quality. So, yeah, I can't wait to see how how he does because I I do think he's got the potential to be the the future of of Mexico's midfield. Well, all right, all right, we'll see. Well, we'll keep following him. Up to uh, the future of Mexico, uh, we turn into Mr. Rafa Marquez, who now will continue the the dream of of one day maybe coaching for the national team. I'm I'm giving him oh, at man. least 10, 10 years. But starting off, Mexico legend Rafa Marquez began his coaching career training youth Spanish fourth division side Real Sociedad Deportivo Alcala. Uh, when you hear Rafa Marquez start to coach, and then we hear it's a fourth division, there's 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 got to be something there. Tom, I think in our on our chats kind of discussing is that there's a reason why that he's there. Um, you would think that you know a person with the caliber of Rafa Marquez and the knowledge wouldn't start at at the fourth division, but there's a reason why he's there. Uh, so here we go, another step into maybe seeing Rafa Marquez, uh, and I, I would think it's a it's a correct step uh, that we're doing that. Tom, what what's the news with him uh, now being a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think he's doing his UEFA Pro license. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, he's got his Spanish passport, passport. as well. So, obviously, living over there and, you know, doing the license and, um, and fair play to him. I mean, he's he's doing what a lot of former players don't do, a lot, especially exactly. Mexican ones, and, and yeah. you know, grind, start from the bottom. And, you know, I think that, that kind of nine-month stint with, um, with Atlas, where he was sporting director... I think it kind of, I don't think it opened his eyes. I think it opened his eyes to the reality of, of the business of, of how you got to be prepared and, you know, playing playing in five World Cups, captaining your team in five World Cups is is very different than than being the head coach or, or being the sporting director. So, um, so yeah, it's good to see. I mean, you know, being a good player is no guarantee you're going to be a, a good coach. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how he does. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a positive step, and um, it's good to see Rafa Marquez in the game. I mean, I, I think we've, we've talked talked about it before, but it seems like a lot of the former players, the former Mexican national team players, 
I don't know. They, they, they go other ways, you know. They go. Um, yeah. They go into into TV, TV or they mm-hmm. go into like sponsors. They're just selling stuff, or or you know they do Luis Hernandez and and do TikTok. You know? hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He is pretty good at that, though. Hey. Oh man. I think he's really found his calling there, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So it's good to see Rafa is actually like you know and working with kids as well. I mean, hopefully he's got his academy in Guadalajara as well. So. Um, I think Efrain Flores is um, is is the is the head of his academy. So mm-hmm. so yeah, hopefully one day um, he, he is a great coach and, and he, he he translates it into success with uh, either yeah. in Liga MX or, or the Mexican yeah. national team. It'd be it'd be good to see because he's a you know he's someone you got to use those guys. You know what I mean? Those guys who have been there, done it all. I mean, it's really important that they they give back. Mm-hmm. The Exciting part about it all is that I think we've said this before, you know, where we're, there's you ha- if we're aspiring to win a World Cup, it's got to come from the coaching, and it just feels like, you know, I think where there's a percentage of of coaches that coach their own country, or I think, you know, y- you want to go with a coach that knows the player, and if we're aspire to win that World Cup, it's got to be some uh, a coach that you know a Mexican coach has had that opportunity to coach abroad. You know, a Pascual Aguirre type of type of thing, even even Hugo Sanchez, but not jump into it just because he's a player and he's going to go to a Mexican club and be a you know an assistant. And what we saw is, and what I've always seen is, you know that that 1986 roster of players, you know the Chepo de la Torres, then you got it to '94 with with Piojo around that era is a lot of those players. You know they actually did go into coaching, um, and then we just kind of saw. Uh, a break from players, big players or big names that would go into coaching. And I think we, we've mentioned that, you know, if we look at players that are coaching is maybe like a Paco Palencia uh, and or uh, and we don't see that many and do it right. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, Rafa Marquez, uh, you know, doing it right, going in there, trying to get, uh, you, you know, what he needs in order to be a coach, get the experience, even if it's a fourth level coach, and then step by step by step trying to get there. I think I saw... You know, Jorge Campos was, you know, right there in 2006 with, with, um, what's his name? Who coached 2006? Este, ah, who's a, who's a coach? Yeah, La Volpe with La Volpe, right? That was, that was, that was, we thought, okay, well, you know, be there and be an assistant coach for a few years during La Volpe. But then what happened? Just what you, what you said, Tom, uh, going to TV because it pays more and all the drama that goes into coaching, you're out. I mean, it's tough being a coach in Mexico. And, uh, you know, I believe that with the experience that Rafa has with, I think also the temperament, like he's not just going to go there and try to, you know, you know, do, you know, is just there for the money or is there like, I, I actually believe that if people are going to listen to, it's going to be a person like Rafa Marquez in the way that his demeanor is. So I'm excited to see where yeah. it goes. To the- I, th- I think we also have to always be happy about any time anyone from the Mexican soccer world, whether it be a player or a coach, anytime they leave the, the Mexican soccer bubble and, you know, go abroad, especially to Europe. I mean, I know it's, I know it's a fourth division, but it'd be interesting to see what he learns out there and to bring that knowledge back to Mexico. So, so I, yeah, whether it be a player, whether it be a coach, I just always think it's good for for the Mexican soccer bubble to kind of like expand and for players and managers to you know explore new things outside of just Mexico. Tom is so. I mean, from the latest news of what was happening with with the problems that he had uh, with bad you know businesses, is that is that still uh, like following him? I mean. Uh, you know, in the U.S., no one's going to touch Rafa Marquez, but is yeah, has that been not not necessarily been cleared, but is that still an investigation or what's going on with that? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, in the state, I don't even think he can go. I mean, I don't yeah. think he's got the visa because yeah, the visa. But yeah, but he's got the Spanish passport as well, so I mean that helps big time for him to go to Europe. And he's had his accounts unfrozen and stuff in in Mexico, and he's you know he's got his he set up his academy now, and so he, he's kind of back up on his feet, and and obviously you know that that's in the background though it's not kind of it's not disappeared, and it, yeah it's kind of a weird situation, but he just seems to be get, getting on with it. Um, the the only thing I was going to add is that I don't know his relationship with Mexico is actually if you look at his comments in the last like year since he left Atlas, he's been so critical. Yeah, it's, that's it's true. Kind of, like with the way the Mexican game is going, you know, with the end, you know, the stuff like the end of the pro rel and and I don't know, it's difficult to I don't know I I just I hope he does come back and you know if he is a good coach but um but it's difficult to see it. I mean I think he said some comments that you know 
yeah, he might come back with the right projects and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think I think if he is going to be be a coach, I think he's going to start in Spain. To be honest, I mm-hmm. mean, it wouldn't surprise me if um, you know. Obviously, he's starting now, but I'm talking about. I, I don't see this as kind of real. If you know what I mean, he's like he's training kids. You know what I mean? But um, but moving forward, I don't know. I, with with everything that followed him here as well, with that you know, with the the US government and all that. I don't know. I, I can see him staying and living in Spain, to be honest. I mean, I'd welcome that. I'd be happy about that. I think that'd be really cool. Even if, I mean, even if he doesn't return, I mean, just look at what, like, Aguirre has done and, you know, what he's accomplished in La Liga. You know, uh, I'm not saying that Rafa's going to be doing that at any point soon, but I know, uh, even even if it doesn't mean that he'd ever come back to Mexico, I know, I, 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 I still feel kind of, I mean, I guess, speaking from a fan perspective, I'm kind of proud of that. You know, so I I, th- I think I'd be quite happy if Rafa was to do I'm, that. I'm pretty selfish. And if if he doesn't get this whole thing, U.S. like you know, kind of fix, he's never going to be the next like, national team coach. And if he's never going to be the next like, national team coach, meh. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need Rafa in, in Spain for? I'll be selfish. I'll just say it. <laughs> it's it's obviously that would be huge if he's coaching in a Spanish team and see what happens to. You know, it, it, it's fun. It was fun to watch, and I'm not saying I didn't get a chance to watch Vasco, but you know, even when when uh, coaches go, you know, Mexican coaches go, for example, you know, uh, Hugo Sanchez, you know, it's hopefully his teams make it. You have, you do have that pride, and maybe they, it gets to a big club. I mean, you know, can we see uh, he, he does well and then moves up, moves on up, and coaches a big club in in Spain, and then hopefully by then it's like no question you're gonna you're gonna coach for the national team, especially with what Rafa have. So. Uh, I'm excited to see if that happens, but I think there's a lot that needs to happen for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be, it should be, should be fun. Moving on, on, moving on, on, because we have a tight, tight schedule. We'll continue. We'll go into Mr. Tecatito, who uh, continues to win, who continues to stay. You know, I, I, I love hearing Tecatito stuff, but then I'm just kind of like, when's he gonna move on? That's the thing, man. That, that <laughs> <laughs> that's. The, I mean, he won the the Portuguese Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. recently with Porto. Uh, now has two league tiles with Porto, now has his cup. But like you said, Wieso, he's been there since 2015. And the thing is, too, it's just that, like, this isn't this isn't a Tecatito who only had flashes of brilliance and we're like, ah, oh, you know, he just needs to be more consistent and, you know, then maybe he'll move to a bigger club. And it was like, no, he's he's consistent now. Like, he, yeah. was, he, he was a guaranteed starter for Porto this season. I mean, they, not only just a starter, but he was playing... I mean, just like in any position for them, you know. I mean, it was like it was mostly as like a, as a as a as a right back or as a right mid or right wing. But like he also played a little bit like on the left hand side, a little bit like uh, up up on like a left wing position, a little bit more centrally sometimes too. So, I mean, he's he's shown versatility. He's a guaranteed starter. He, I mean, I don't even know how many assists he had, but it was definitely a pretty impressive number. But it, it seems it seems like now is the time, and it feels like I don't know, like. I mean, his agent has been pretty open about offers, too. I mean, he's mentioned that I mean, some teams in Spain and England have contacted them. And apparently, I mean, who knows where the, if there are any negotiations or what other teams are being rumored. I think I saw Inter at one point recently, but it seems like it's time. I think he's, he's reached that consistency that we've wanted to see. Um, maybe a lot of us haven't seen that consistency week in, week out, because... You know, it's a little tough to watch those Portuguese league games, but but it, it seems like on the field he's done, and you're just you're you're just hoping that he's able to make the next big move because I mean he's I mean he'll he'll be at or near his peak in the next World Cup, you know, and I I think I think Decatito has a good opportunity here to be a, a very very important player for Mexico, which is something I don't think we've traditionally have said with a lot of confidence before with him, so. Hopefully he does make a move soon. So LAFC? Oh my God, no! <laughs> Even though I'd love to see him week in week out, that would be very disappointing for me. Yeah, we just kind of. No, to be fair, I think I think Tech done enough. I don't think an MLS club could pay the the transfer fee. Um, I think that's the difference. I think they can always pay the wages because they can throw ridiculous wages at players, but. I think Tecatito, I don't know, I think he's beyond that now. I don't think they'll be able to pay it. Um, and yeah, it's a big summer for him. He needs to he needs to make this this move. He needs to capitalise. He's, you know, obviously the move from Twente to Porto. And then, you know, he's, he's had his period of, of Porto. And now now it's kind of, 
No, he's ready. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, Miguel Leun was talking the other day saying, you know, Sevilla would be perfect. Um, he's good enough to do it. He's good enough to be a, uh, really in the league. And, uh, that's the one. I think that's the move I'd really like to see, you know, uh, kind of um, that, that kind of level club. Um, the only thing I would say is that it's not a great market. You know, there's, there's you know, there's not, there's not people, there's not cl- a lot of clubs willing to pay a lot of money. So, so we'll have to see still it all shakes out. But um, it looks like the agent's pushing. It looks like he wants to move. So yeah, let's hope, let's hope that um, it can, it can make it up happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Tecatito there. You know, just <laughs> we'll see where. Raúl Jiménez. Every week we talk about this kid. It's like we feel like there's something else. Big news. Well, what, what's big news with Raúl Jiménez this week, César? Do we have anything coming? Is, is he gonna move? Uh, no. I think. I think. I think for now. I mean, Juventus, it's, just, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing too big. I think right now we have to wait a little bit with Jiménez. I think the only thing just really worth highlighting for him is that is that the Europa League returns dun, dun, dun. this week, and I think. Uh, I don't know. I might be completely wrong on this, but I think we'll have to wait to see what a potential offer would be for him, depending on how uh, Wolves do in the Europa League. Because if they win the Europa League, then they earn a spot in the Champions League. If they don't win the Europa League, then there's no European soccer. And maybe you could make the argument that with no European soccer, uh, Wolves would be perhaps more willing to sell because uh, they need a little bit more money. Who knows? But... Um, but that's that's something to keep an eye on. So the, the round of 16 with Jimenez uh, and Wolves, they'll be taking on uh, Olympiacos this Thursday. They got a, it'll actually be the second leg because uh, mm-hmm. the first leg happened uh, before uh, uh, the the pandemic. So um, right now they have a one one to one aggregate result uh, aggregate result with them. But yeah, ho- hopefully they win because I would I would like to see. For me, that's an ideal situation. I want to see Wolves in the Champions League. I, I think they would do well in the Champions League. I would love to see Jimenez there with Wolves, but if they if they aren't playing European soccer, I mean, I, I know he'd be he could be throwing something away uh, after after oh. doing so well with Wolves, but if, if they're not playing Europa League or Champions League, I, I think I'd want to see Jimenez play for a different side. So win win, right? If they win, <laughs> they keep going. If they lose, Raúl Jimenez is out. Like, I mean, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so, we just gotta so, so yeah, we just gotta stay, wait. We don't to know see what, what we happens. want. Like, I don't. I never want that to win. But if it was told, either win this match or you're gonna, you know, get a get an offer from a big club, I'd be like, ah, well, we, he still has winning the Europa League is not gonna be easy. Like if we're banking on Wolves to win the Europa League, like you, you know, what? honestly, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I know well, we want to talk about Mekis a little bit, but like, I mean, really quickly, it's like. Uh, Copenhagen, Bayer Leverkusen, Rangers, Wolfsburg, Inter, Inter Milan, Sevilla, Frankfurt, Manchester Sevilla United, Roma. Win. Like, yes, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's, there's, there's good teams there. Obviously, there are very good teams there, but I think Wolves could do it. I don't know. I think they, they could have do it. to improve. They'll have to improve off the last, the last few performances, yeah, but, true. um, but it's not out of the question. You know, they, they're yeah. a good team, and uh, I don't know. The, the only thing I thought I heard about Jimenez's future is that I wouldn't go massive on these Man United rumors. I know the press are absolutely all over him. You know what I mean? It's like it's just absolute gold mine in terms of hits. But um, but I, I got a feeling that the Juventus thing has more legs than Man United one. I'm not saying he's going to Juventus, but oh, I, really you know, I, I think that's much more much more likely than. Than uh, than Man United right now. Mexico, Mexicans in 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 Italy, man, it's just not good. I <laughs> I'm not gonna go, but all right, we'll we'll talk about any more rumors. Let's but talk. The question about... is, wait, so who was the first Mexican to? Okay. Oh my god! It's just. <laughs> all right, we can move on. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a good. Uh... Miguel Lallin, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Cesar and I were in a podcast and we discovered that it was somebody in the 80s. God, I think, I think, or I think what I think what it was is that like Layun was the first one to actually play, play. first yeah. a serial club. Right. And, like there Bloody was some hell. guy. There's step foot on Italian soil. <laughs> <laughs> the first Mexican soccer. He was on vacation with his family. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Let's talk about Liga MX. So, because uh, yeah, so it's for, for time. Uh, Liga MX apertura match day two of Guardianes. It's a 
before we start, why, why is it called Guardianes? Is there like a everyone's well, using the Guardians? It? The Guardians, yeah. Yeah, like, but 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 why? Like it's it's, it's, it's for like the... a, it's like a tribute to the people who have been uh, to healthcare workers Got basically it. and stuff. Okay, okay, just wanted to make sure. We just wanted to make sure because everybody's using it and putting it on there and their hashtags. I'm like, okay, and maybe I missed the memo on that, but all right. Uh, match day two of 17, and uh, can we just talk about? The most beautiful goal that you witnessed this whole year already with uh, Chapo Montes. Like, that was a beauty. Not because it's Leon, because I'm a big fan, and because Chapo Montes is one of my favorite players. But the guy's only, like, 5'4". And, like, it's, it, <laughs> how, how the power that comes out of this guy and the placement of that ball. If you, have, if you haven't watched that goal, watch it. Just It's just the beauty that comes out of it. I don't, I don't necessarily praise a ton of of plays, but when I'm, I'm I was sitting there and just watching it, I'm like, okay, he's gonna pass goal. Uh, but uh, we can we can have maybe we'll that say is, this. It was a great goal. Yeah, yeah no, it it was weird this week, and it was like it felt like the um, the weekend of veterans. I mean, you know, Montes like mm-hmm. probably the biggest game of the weekend that one. You know, Leon yeah. against Monterrey, and two teams you could just you could see that being the final without any problem at all. Um, you know, two teams they expect to be right up there challenging, and and you know it was Luis Luis Montes who who kind of just stole it with that you know ridiculous ridiculous goal, and I don't know, it's just week in week out. He's he's like, you know, I think Tata Martino was saying a few months ago that you know Chavito Montes is the best best player in the league, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, he's just. He's, he's an absolute joy to watch. I mean, yeah. Is it weird to say that, get, that he just it, keeps doing it? It seems like he's getting better. Is that no, a weird thing to no, say? No, he's like, always been just... like this. No, he's always been like this. Okay, I've been trying to tell you guys for four years after they won, <laughs> and nobody listens. Chapito Montes is a joy to watch. He he was just yeah. upset because his friends left Leon. Okay, so <laughs> he, he took a while. It took a while, but if you saw Chapito in 2012, 13, and you know Gallito wasn't there, and uh, you know it's it's everybody now he realized that it, it was him. It all centered around him. You're gonna see more of Chapito Montes. Here we go. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point, and I think you know I don't I don't disagree with Cesar that you know the question has he has he improved? I don't know, but but like you were saying, this uh, we saw it's like the he's so vital for that team now. It's almost like. You know, the 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 playing to his strengths. You know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. I think he's a bit deeper than perhaps he, he played before. He he gets shifted out onto the wing sometimes as well, and and now he's kind of in that in that position with like a a proper holding midfielder alongside him. So you've got you know Ivan um, Ivan Rodriguez or or Pedro Aquino, depending on or sometimes he played both of them, and then Montes a little bit forward. But um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just a Technical ability, the ability to to work in spaces, his vision, you know, the the passing range. I mean, it's brilliant, and um, you know, long may it continue. Um, but the, the other guy was Sambuesa. I mean, Sambuesa basically mm-hmm. that Toluca game basically was the you know man of the match. Um, you know, it's one of those performances like the same with Montes. Without that bit of brilliance, his team doesn't win, and and. And Toluca, you know, beating Atletico San Luis 3-2. I mean, Sambuesa Sam was brilliant. You know, he was yeah. absolutely Joy to watch. passes. Running, though, running at defenders and stuff. And you think, he's 36 and all. Like, he shouldn't be doing this. But, um, but yeah, just just looks to be absolutely relishing, you know, being back out there. And, um, and yeah, there's there's few players with that kind of, you know, creativity. And, I don't know, for me, I think I've said it before on the show, he's a... Sambuesa is a player that could have played at a really, really high level. I think, I think if mentally he was a bit kind of, no, he does stupid stuff, doesn't he? he gets a lot of yellow yeah. cards. Um, you know, he's, I, I don't know. I think, I think if he was kind of a bit more sharper in that kind of thing, a bit more, you know, just normal, then he, I think he would have played at a, a really high level because he's got, he's got a lot. I mean, he's got, you know, to, to still be doing it at 36. I think, I think, I thought that was one of the talking points of the kind of the weekend, the way that those. Those two guys kind of um, impose themselves on on the games, and and both the teams got got the three points. Yeah. Are we, we going to include Acevedo in the the veterans, Tom? The, the... Acevedo. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's 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 a weird week when you look at Liga MX and after after week two and that uh, the talking points. I would think 
you know, who's on top is Club America and Pumas, which ultimately, you know, if you if you, if you haven't been taking pass of the league, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're the most popular clubs. But the way Club America has played as a week ago, uh, you know, Fuera Piojo with problems and what happened in the in the COVID Cup and, and with, with Chivas and then seeing Pumas not finalizing the coach and then also with so many people, it, it felt like after this break, they, they still haven't found the refuerzos and who they're going to bring in and having some problems there. But uh, those two teams are at the top of the league. Uh, a, a huge win for Club America, scoring four points after being scored on in multiple times by four points. And then uh, having Bumas, uh, you know, kind of like out of nowhere, you know, uh, being on top of there. But Cesar, uh, expecting, obviously, Club America to do well in each tournament, but all of a sudden, Club America's back. Like, why, why did anybody doubt? I mean, I had my doubts. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Tom about this. I think he didn't have doubts. Uh, so I think he's uh, proven me wrong a little bit here. But, uh, I mean, I, 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 I had my doubts. <laughs> it, it, it was Cholos, though. I mean, it wasn't like... No, Cholos, I mean... Yeah. Cholos, I mean, Cholos I mean, I mean, are different. I mean, that, that's, that's a different Cholos thing, is too. like the Leon of two years ago. Like, no, you could have an amazing game and then just... Bleh. But it's also because they, they have no, a big manager. Yeah. I think it's interesting, just, just quickly, because, you know, you might have got it wrong about... America says that, but I think you got it spot on about about Tijuana. But anyway, let's go for America first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sessa got something right. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on why he's wrong. <laughs> like, no, but like, but all serious. I mean, I, I definitely had my doubts about them. I wasn't entirely sure what Piojo was really doing you know, tactically in the in the Copa por Mexico. But I mean, I mean, Tom, we talked about. It. I mean, I feel like that kind of gave him an opportunity to kind of fine-tune some things, fine-tune his tactics and his starting 11. I mean, I mean, that last game, that last game, he saw Richard Sanchez with a golazo. You know, I mean, that was just an incredible shot. Right There was nothing that Orozco could do right there. I think the game before that against Pachuca, I, th- I thought he had a very good game as kind of, a, kind of the linchpin in the middle, kind of distributing the ball quite well. I mean, I, I, I've been impressed with Roger Martinez, you know, you know, wearing the number nine, but he's playing on the right wing, you know, and he's, He's done quite well with this. I mean, I guess risk-taking is a good way of putting it. But, yeah, with his risk-taking runs, and they're very, very know, very direct with, it, with, with his dribbling, too. Um, but, with, but with Scholz, I mean, that's 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 an entirely different situation there. you got to give him time under Gede, you know. And they switched from what, what looked like a 3-4-3 in their first game to, I don't know, I guess you would call that like a 4-3-2-1 this game. So new manager, new change in systems could take some time. But, I mean, but, but yeah, with America, yeah. I was definitely wrong uh, about them. We'll, we'll see how, how things develop with them, but now they, 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 they've been playing quite well. So funny how, like, it's, oh, they're back, yeah, I and mean, then watch them lose next week. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it yeah. just kind of kinda goes back and uh, forth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got a lot of very good players. I mean, I think the question marks that I've got when you look at the starting 11 is, the you know, Gonzalez in, in central midfield. Um and and I don't know. I think probably the winger, but they've just they've just signed um, Sergio Diaz from Diaz from from Paraguay. So you know that's another body there to replace Renato Ibarra. But uh, but yeah, I think Richard Sanchez. That what a goal that was as well. I mean, Jeez. just absolutely ridiculous. But and and I think I said before the season it's going to be if Roger Martinez can start clicking, and and he clicked mm-hmm. with Vinas. And and I know you know they're not playing alongside each other. It was a bit of a surprise that Cordoba has been playing a bit more centrally but there's options there as well i mean henry henry martin off, off the bench as well and so oh, I, I i quite like this america team i think cassad is as well that's not you know he's coming in sent back and i think he's, he's tentatively showing some um showing that he belongs there so that that's going to be definitely another position to watch but no but with Chelsea, it's the defense isn't it i mean there's just not yeah. enough confidence oh there God. and that's so exactly what Cesar said, you know, right at the beginning. I mean, you look at that forward line, and um, I don't know the the strength they've got going forward off the bench as well. I mean, Marcel Ruiz still hasn't got a minute. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and yeah. especially for a team that, you know, for a manager like Weather who, who likes to likes to play with a number ten, it's kind of a little bit worrying. And you know, Edwin Cardona came off the bench before Marcel Ruiz, so I'm kind of a little bit worried about that. But at the same time. Um, it's still early, so it's not like it's not worth kind of going crazy about, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But um, but yeah, no, I think America deserved it. I think moving on to Pumas, um, you know, they've had an easy start. Let's not let's not forget that. I'm not I'm not 
I'm, I'm, I wasn't too down on Pumas. I thought they were, you know, mid mid table to mid to bottom, mid to lower table team. And I think that, um, you know, they played in the first week Caretero, who that was best, basically the first time they played together Caretero, and then, you know, and then Atlas away. Um, Dineno is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to help paper over some cracks. Week. I think he's yeah. going to help paper over some cracks. That's, he's got that's what sixty. He scores a goal every 60 minutes. Six, yeah, about every hour. Uh, but I was yeah. looking at the XG and he's like, actually, the XG is half of what he scored since he, since he arrived in Mexico. So I think he scored eight times and yeah, the XG times. is basically around four. So he, it's like one of those things, you, you shouldn't expect that. You shouldn't expect that to continue. He's just kind of on a scoring streak. But, you know, this is what I said, I think, about Pumas. You put him and Carlos Gonzalez together, mm-hmm. um up front and I mean it's just it's like Rafa Puente was saying it in the press conference it's like they're quite a direct team and they're difficult to defend against if you put two proper number nines like that um together I mean they're gonna they're gonna feed off scraps they're gonna fight they're gonna you know they're gonna win balls in the air and I think that you know that that's that's what that's a big plus for Pumas this season um obviously a lot's gonna depend on on the coach I mean it looks well Hugo Sanchez has kind of said that it's not the right time who knows if he was actually asked but apparently he did say. speak to Chucho, <laughs> Chucho, Chucho Ramirez so um Vucicic, I think um David Medrano was saying that um he's rejected it because he wasn't promised the the new signings that he would have wanted and Vucicic is never going to get a club no and <laughs> City, so I, I quite like him for that because he doesn't he kind of he left Querétaro because he wasn't in agreement and I don't know he does stuff he, he's never joined Chivas before when he's been in talks because he's like no I want to do it this way and it's like mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of respect that um, but it looks like you know Bruno Marione is there uh, Cristante in 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 the picture and then I think Dudiene um, a report in Jaime Lozano from the under 23s the Mexican yeah. national team Jaime Lozano or Gon- Gonzalo Pineda. So two Got kind also. of interesting options there as well, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see with Pumas. I, I think I think more than most clubs are struggling financially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously these two two wins at the start of the season is uh, a, a major boost. I mean, you know, I think we mentioned it before, but five six wins this season and you're in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. five six wins out of seventeen games with this new playoff system with, you know, 12 going through. So um, they're already like almost halfway there, <laughs> halfway yeah. over the lines of the playoffs. So uh, I wonder if a team's going to get four wins in a spot in the playoffs. I just wonder who, what's <laughs> like, how many wins is a 12th place team going to get? Yeah. I, I just fascinated I, to see. I, I, think I, looking at, I think, I think possibly with five, but I think six or seven is kind of like, you know, you're definitely in there. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, from the top, going to the bottom, I mean, we won't even mention Nikaxa and Atlas because it's <laughs> just Atlas and Nikaxa. I mean, poor Rafa Puente. Yeah, but I think Atlas is. I think Atlas is worth mentioning just because, because they've got to make a decision. Yeah, yeah, and the haircut as well. But, um, <laughs> but, but, the haircut. but just quickly before before the haircuts. Um, they got to make a decision. I mean, it's only two games in. I mean, Rafa Puente, I think he's won one game out of 14. I mean, they've got <laughs> they've got a lot of players missing in the defense, but it's just it's not it's not good. You know, it's it's not all good and and I don't know. I, I wonder what they're going to do there maybe. Because obviously you've got Vucicic as well floating around. There's rumors that Oleg maybe doesn't have, you know, they're, they're running two clubs. Uh, well, three clubs with the third, with the with this with uh, Tampico Madero. So mm-hmm. it's not easy if you if it's hard enough to run one club in the time of crisis. Imagine trying to run three. So I don't know. I mean, they got to make a decision. Vucicic isn't going to be cheap, but um, but if there was somebody who could you know steady the ship at Atlas, then you'd think it is somebody like Vucicic. But um, but we'll see. And then, and then the haircuts, yeah. I sent out a tweet. That guy with the... Um, <laughs> he had like a smiley face shaving to the back of his head. I really think of... And I basically sent out, sent out a tweet saying, you know, am I just being a, an old man about this or uh, or is this like the wrong kind of time and place? I know that obviously the kid was making his debut and, and they do these kind of um, like forfeits or whatever, 
you know, to, to kind of, I don't know, just to, to mark the occasion. But I don't know, man. This is this is my theory. It's okay, like boomer. your team <laughs> your team's doing terribly. You know, you're wearing you're wearing the team shirt, you know, you're going out there and I'm just thinking I'm I'm not blaming the kid in any way, by the way. I'm saying if you're a leader in that club, i.e. the the manager, sporting director, president, whatever, like just go out there and don't have a kid with a smiley face shaved in the back of his head. You know, you've won one game in thirteen. Maybe like, I don't know. This is where I this know. is where I, I I differ. Nothing is going right. This is a way people can talk about Atlas in all of the shows and all on social media that it's gonna look yeah. for sponsors to be but like, it, but hey, it's, everybody but it's, tuned but it's not, into it. But it's not good things, you know. It's, it's not like we're, hey, we're, we're hey, talking bad about bad press how... is 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 good press. <laughs> so we're looking. No, well, no I agree. I agree. Well, got to be fair. It was I funny. Mean, I mean, it was hilarious. People, it, it was actually just like you. I'm saying people were talking about it online. People were talking about it all over Twitter and and social media. It's like. Well, that, if, if I'm an hard, hardcore Atlas fan, I'm like, my club is already in sure. a really bad way, sure. and we're even more of a joke. You know what I mean? That That's my kind of line of thinking. But, but I, I just but can't, I don't know. Like, Atlas fans have gone through a lot. Like, <laughs> you know, it's I, if the club's like, oh, but what about our fans? I'm pretty sure you already beat them to the ground and stuffed them inside yeah. somewhere. But they don't really I just, I just like, I don't know. Like, I grew up watching, like, Man United under Ferguson, and I just, I just can't imagine Ferguson oh. allowing, okay. or, or even like Tom, Klopp right now. Imagine, like, Tom, Klopp Tom's, allowing a Liverpool player. Tom, Tom, would you say that uh, when Pogba had some issues, uh, it was due to his haircut and, you know, just, you know, just focusing a little too much on what's happening off the field, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with it's, it's Tom, Tom yelling at the kids and from his window, get off my lawn. No, it's not even him, but it's not the kid in any way. It's just the people at the club. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, I, for me, it didn't give a great image, especially when when you were in a losing club. You know what I mean? But um, but anyway, better, it, was like a, it wasn't a smiley face. It was a frown face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but Sad I guess in all seriousness, yeah. in all seriousness, like Tom, Tom does make some good points there, and like I think I think it was uh, our good buddy Eugene Rupinski who brought it up in the tweet. I think he was saying too, just like I mean, let's not sugarcoat this. It's, it's definitely hazing, you know, and you know, the hazing is definitely not something that I think you know, it's true. It's true. It's all. happening. Like, yeah. I think all the time, and yeah, and then of course it is. It's his debut, and they want to ridicule him, which is stupid. But shave his head off or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, if he chose that out of the things that they have to do, I don't know. I don't know. But all right, all right. We talked enough about Atlas. Sorry, Atlas fans. We spent way too much talking about this. Um, we are going up the Liga MX ladder up to 15th place from Atlas at 17th place with Guadalajara, which I don't know, man. I, I don't see a positive sign on on what's happening and. You know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of the fans. Yeah, they won the that cup, and then now we're seeing a lot of people are where America was last week. Agree? Disagree? Well, I, I think. I think the issue too is just. I mean, it's unfortunate just because the certain time that we're living in, and you have to question once again, like why? Why are we playing sports? Why are we having professional leagues when we're still in the middle of a pandemic and still trying to recover from it? And although obviously there are bigger things to worry about. Um, than players, you know, just going, you know, not being a part of an eleven, but that has impacted Chivas, you know, like there have been players that smiley face haircuts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, but with Chivas, I mean, like because of players testing positive, because of you know, injuries. I mean, you you look at that eleven, and it's not. I think there would be a lot of Chivas fans who would say that that's not an ideal eleven uh, for Chivas, you know. So the, I mean, that coupled with you know yeah. Masivedla having a fantastic game in net. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that kind of made things difficult. But at the same time, I'm sure what you're going to say here, Thomas, is like at the same time, I mean, Chivas also have depth. They also have, you know, a lot of experience and you should be expecting more from Gallito. You know, you should be expecting more from know, any of those other, I guess, in theory, alternates who could be starters, but those, those players who've had to step up. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think heading into the season, my worry was not necessarily about the squad, but about Tena. You know, and 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 I don't know. Like I said, like I said back then, I'm not sure if he fits. And 
the team just didn't look good against Santos. You know, I think, you know, they got a late penalty. They could have made it 2-1, but, you know, Santos hit the post. They had a, a goal disallowed that, that could have easily been given. And it could have been it could have been four zero three zero and they couldn't really complain that much. I mean they were second best all over. I know they don't tend to do well anyways in in Torreon, but um, my concern with Chivas is not the quality, just it's the form of players. Even Sepulveda is is yeah. kind of lost a little bit that form. You know, Hiramier is. I'm not saying he's playing badly, but. He was an absolute beast towards the end of last season. Like he was, yeah. he was in contention for the the national team. He would have been called up for those March games. I think I'm pretty sure Tata Martino said that. Um, and so that's the weird thing. And then you got Tena putting Molina with 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 Gallito Vasquez, and it, yeah. you know it didn't work kind of the week before. He does it again, and it's kind of like put Villarpando in there, or you know what I mean. I mean, I think they missed Beltran big yeah. time. I mean, I think. Yeah. These last couple of games have just been like an advert for how good Beltran is, um, because he's the one who's kind of, you know, that he's that he's that link between, you know, basically pinning together the whole team and moving the ball forward, and and Vega I think as well. Um, I think I think Alexis Vega is, you know, kind of his absence has really like shown how important he, he is to the team. But yeah, I mean that that's my worry with Chivas, and and you're right, Cesar, with all the people missing and you got to wonder how psychologically in terms of the atmosphere of the club, it must be really difficult. You know, you had Antuna's thing where his wife puts up that, you know, that video and, you know, you've got your coach who's, who's, you know, in quarantine for two weeks. I mean, these things, if you're within a club, I mean, they're really, they're difficult to get. They, they do have an effect, a psychological effect on a team. So you wonder if, if that's kind of, um, you know, hurt Chivas, not just the players missing, but kind of, on, on the mental side as well, but um, but yeah, the, the the one thing I would say um, is that Chivas now, you know, the, the, there's a few big weeks. I mean, we've got the double double game week. Um, they, they've got, I think, Chivas have got um, three games in the space of seven days coming up, and you've got Puebla at home, you've got Juarez away, and Atlético San Luis at home, and then you've got Toluca away. I mean, you got four games there that. Are, those are the, these are the those are the type of games. If you're making these playoffs, and you know we've said and we'll keep saying that you don't need to win that many games. Those are the type of games you're going to have to win. And to be fair to to Chivas, with all these absences, they have gone to Leon, who was the best team in you know in 2019, and they've gone to Santos Laguna, who, who have you know have been right up there, right up there yeah. as well. So they had two of the toughest possible games um, over the first two weeks. So now. You do expect Chivas, and we do need to see Chivas um, kind of like turn it on now, because I think I think you're going to get to a point where where Tenor's position is also um, under question. I think with the playoffs too. I mean, we keep talking about just qualifying for you know the top twelve and going from there. But I mean, I, I think I mean without diving into this too much, I feel like in the past, I, I think for a lot of Liga Mekis teams, you know, if you if you if you make it into the playoffs, you qualify for the top eight. Boom! That's that's your goal set. You know, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, like you accomplished your goal. And I just that's just not going to be the same. You know, if a team finishes in eleventh and then gets embarrassed in that first playoff round, I don't I don't think a lot of fans or I don't think even like ownership are going to feel happy about that either. So it's just it's not just yeah. it's, it's, it's not just qualifying for the for the top twelve. I think I think yeah, because can you imagine Chivas finishing in tenth and then struggling in that that first match and getting knocked out? I mean, that's just I, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, I don't know. A little bit of a tangent there for me, but yeah, I'm just, just no, about no. It. It's interesting because some, something that I've kind of um, thought of a little bit as well is is this new system going to affect how many managers are fired and when they're when they're fired and stuff like this because because yeah. yeah. you got 17 regular season matches and before you had you had to make the top eight and so you'd get to kind of week four or five. And I think, you know, I think clubs were already kind of look, weighing up the situation, weighing up which managers are on the sideline. Uh, and I'm not too sure which way it's going to go or, or or if it is going to change. Um, but I don't know if you give managers more time now, knowing that you, you only have to make the, those 12, or you actually or you give them less, you know what I mean? Um, because, I don't know, I, th- I think it's going to be... Uh, be interesting to see, and and once we once we've got a few seasons into this new playoff format, if it actually is kind of 
going to, you know, is it, is it going to affect how, how long manager, a manager is actually going to be given longer time to sort things out, knowing that you only have to make the top 12 and, you, you know, you can wait for a couple of injuries to come back and, you know, stuff like that, you know, to, for, for systems to kind of work because, you know, like we, like we said, there's, there's a few teams that are just really struggling right now. Um, just to get to grips with new systems, I mean, obviously they're coming off a really long break as well, but, you know, the, you look at the likes of, um, you know, Santos have adapted to their new system pretty well, but Mazatlan, you know, they're struggling. They're struggling under under Palencia. I mean, they want to play like, they're quite, quite exciting team to watch and they like to have the ball, but they're, they're struggling big time playing out the back and, and, um, and, and you know, they're, they're wide open defensively. Um, I think you've got Tijuana, Tijuana as well, who were obviously, you know, under a brand new manager playing quite a different style, and you know they just got smashed four um, nil. And then you know Nakaxa, they they've kind of undergone you know massive change as well over in the squad, and there's question marks about about whether they can get it together. They you know zero points from from the first two games, so. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see if those clubs that that have changed kind of managers, changed systems, and 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 getting used to it, if if they are going to be given now kind of more time or or not, you know, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to I suppose it depends on the uh, the club owners and presidents and stuff. But um, but I mean, in theory, they should be given a little bit more time now. All right, all right. Liga MX talk. We won't go into the. Uh, to what's happening because we can't talk about league mx weekend three because that's cesar's uh <laughs> hey, new podcast no we could do that we're told by the producers amy said don't talk about it because we have a <laughs> we're going to be talking about it in a couple days right cesar uh, yeah haven't even, looked at, haven't even looked at the schedule yet uh <laughs> so you're listening to uh the, this show and then you haven't gotten a chance to talk about all about league mx to preview the weekend uh continue to talk about it uh, cesar does an amazing job hosting yeah. So it should be it should be a lot of fun probably on Thursday right so you can get ready for those games. Um, what else really quick or should we just uh, I know there's um, some news with Cruz Azul and Billy Alvarez and all the drama that went in but it's uh, kind of uh, yeah uh, it's kind of like yeah no I mean uh, just just qu- just quickly on on Santos okay, I don't know, okay. I just think the you know I think they played I can't remember was it I think it was four or f- I think five of the fourteen players that played. Santos were, were Mexicans under the age of 25. Um, Almada, we didn't see it in the first week because of the red card, or we didn't we didn't kind of get to judge judge it. But you know the systems changed radically. Gorrarian was playing at a, <laughs> like a wing back, scored two goals, and um, and I don't know. Once again, I mean for me they've been the most exciting team over the last two seasons, and it, for me again they're a team that you know are really really interesting to watch and I think Almada to be honest is um, is you know he doesn't get a lot of attention he's not you know kind of he doesn't have a, a high he's not high profile profile manager but he's actually the way he's kind of I don't know that performance against Chivas was brilliant I mean it was a absolute quality performance and you got a young goalkeeper in net and you know you've got the kind of bottle the nerve to to, to do that um, and so yeah, and, and, you know, change to a back three, you know, from, from the system with Brian Lozano out and all of a sudden you change the system up as well. I think that um, Santos deserve, um, you know, deserve credit for that performance against Chivas. I, uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. But, um, but anyway, Billy Alvarez, Cruz Azul, is he going to jail? Is he not? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really Mexican like his resignation. system is absolutely nuts. <laughs> you know, isn't it funny how, like, his... This is happening. Like, if this was happening anywhere else, I mean, this is there, there's a warrant out for him, and it's like his his letter after almost 32 years of holding the office and general director of our corporate. I consider that my Sako at the at the head of this club has come to an end. Like, yeah, like dude, you're you're oh, getting it's just money laundering. Like, this is pretty serious, and it's like yeah, after it's 32 like money years, laundering and and yeah. um, and what's what's it the one the. Uh... Was it organized, you know, crime? Organized, 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 organized crime? Organized crime? Like, crime. this is huge. And it's kind of like, here's, it's so like nonchalant that everything's going to, like, I almost feel he knows nothing's going to happen to him. So it's kind of like, this is what I got to do. To the point that even the the organization during the game, it's like, 
thank you, Billy. You know, or what was that it? Was that was strange. That was that was. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're, we're with you. We're with you, Billy. So you're it, you're you're with organized crime. Yeah, I was gonna say like did nobody you think cares. The the Mexican government was like, in what ways? Elaborate. Go on. In what <laughs> ways? <laughs> <laughs> it's what I don't. It's I don't want to compare it to, but you know how like you see that Trump could do anything and none of his people like care. Like, you know, he could he could say the stupidest thing or he even said he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and it's like, eh, well, you know, he could get away with it. I feel like Liga Mekis can get away and owners and football can get away with anything that anywhere else people are going crazy. Fidel Kuti, let's say otherwise, but <laughs> then again, I think he pushed the envelope a little too much, but <laughs> But it's but I mean Yeah, I don't know. He I just it it's it just boggles me, but Yeah. You know, it's, no it's federal judges they were arrest warrant and oh. It's just unfortunate because it's just you know once again it's one of those you don't want to talk about when you when you or I mean if it's if it's if it's if it happens of course we have a responsibility to talk about it to discuss it but it's just the stuff that you don't want to discuss when you're talking about Mexican soccer you kind of want to talk about more fun stuff that's on the field but it's just it's 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 unfortunate you see things like that so we'll see how it pans out because I mean there's a <laughs> there's a, a warrant out for his arrest now um, we'll see how much it impacts the team. I mean, it's, it's not like I. It, I mean, I, 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 I might be way wrong on, on this. I feel like, it, you know, it's it won't impact the club too much, even though the players are out there saying that you know oh, we're with you, you know, estamos contigo or whatever. But like, I don't know, maybe maybe because there's a little bit more in the business end as opposed to the sporting end, it, it maybe might not have much of an impact. But we'll see, we'll see. When it says it, there's a warrant out for his arrest. Usually the person you know goes and turns himself in or is out on a run. Like I just feel like Billy's like having cocktails somewhere. Ah, eh, there's a warrant out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's kind of oh. out there, but anyways. Um, Cruz Azul will, you know, their next arrival will be Leon. So uh, let's see what happens with uh, with the club that still is making uh the news in completely different formats and that yeah, football but okay i think i think the only thing um i think the thing that's worth pointing out is be, is you know cruz azul is obviously a cement company and then the, <laughs> the club is is kind of is part of that but the accusations are against billy alvarez and how he acted as as president or, or i can't remember the exact term of the cement company you know what I mean? So it's not directly kind of like you've been doing this with transfers, you've been doing that. You know what I mean? I mean there are suggestions and rumors about that kind of thing, but it's, it's and and that's why Liga MX are very are very confident that 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 Cruz Azul as a club isn't going to be affected over the long term. You know what I mean? I think I think that's I think that's the that's the kind of headline. It doesn't look good. It's terrible PR, like Cesar was saying. It's you know it's it's not what you want to see in Mexico, but um, but I think from the kind of league's point of view, um, Cruz Azul aren't going anywhere. I think that's important yeah. to kind of yeah. stress because it has been brought up how they might be disaffiliated from the league, and and you know there are there are rules in the league that regulations that say um, clubs can be kicked out for kind of you know for when there's like crime committed and all this kind of thing. But it actually says that it's like it's up to the discretion of the kind of executive committee. Which which is like which is like well it's not really a rule then is it it's just like the executive committee will just decide whether based on the case by case basis but I don't know I don't know we'll um, we'll see but yeah it's not it's not great to talk about um, so anyways Pueblo won yeah. Cruz Azul won good result <laughs> good result in the rain yeah Pueblo did it rain everywhere it's crazy, yeah, it's right? been like the rain. I think it's rainy season now, and uh, don't know. Yeah, it's been rain. I I just got caught in the rain actually. I went for a little uh, a little trot with the dog, and um, it's got absolutely soaked. Gizmo trot. got soaked. Like you, man. I think it's the most English thing you've ever said on the Mexican soccer show. It's like I just went for a little trot for a little midnight like, snack. I think run it, be kind of don't know pushing it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you're not running, you're not walking. Just a little trot. <laughs> probably could probably go for jog. Jog. No. Um, but anyways, so all right. Trot is good, guys. Ah, uh, all right, all right, all right. That, that yeah. I think that's it. I think that's we just, it. We still do you want to hear about my trot? All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
I did go uh, on a jog. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm still kind of sweaty. Then it's it's war. It's still pretty warm in San Diego. So I went on a jog before it's this. So anywho, eighteen degrees. Oh my god! Man. One one, oh one last god. thing. Oh. What's up? Got the the Rayados players breaking the protocol. Yeah. Which was yeah. Uh, COVID. Yes. Gonzalez and Dolan Dolan Pavon were excluded from the they missed the game against Leon and uh, I don't know the it's stupid man I mean Hugo yeah. Gonzalez celebrating his 30th birthday he seems like a really nice guy he seems like he's a well-liked player obviously part of the national team good goalkeeper but it's like you're in the middle of a pandemic and it sucks for everybody to not be able to celebrate your birthdays and do stuff and you know see friends and family and all that but you can't you can't throw a party you know yeah. it's just not on is it I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's any scandal going down in terms of like getting wasted and all that kind of thing. But it's, it's just like good. you can't do it's it. Not good. You know, you they were there without the face mask, mingling with people. It's like it's just not a smart thing to do. So I don't know. I think um, I think they'll they'll have been dealt with internally by uh, by the club. And and to be honest, they both they both deserve it. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I mean, I know we're, we should be wrapping this up soon, but I mean, it just says so much about how, how difficult this is. Like Tom said, it wasn't like they're out like having a bunch of drinks. Like yeah, they, they're just hanging out. You know, but still, like you're breaking protocol. You know, they 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 shouldn't be doing that. And it's and I know, I don't know maybe I mean this is maybe more of a benign example. It looked like it was outdoors, but like Chaquito Jimenez, you know, Santiago Jimenez. I mean, he he might have technically broke protocol because Cancun FC tweet out a photo of him visiting his dad Chaco Jimenez who's the manager of Cancun FC and I know it's just a father father and son hanging out but it's it's a member of one squad traveling to visit a different team and in the photo like neither he or his dad are wearing masks I mean most of the players next to them aren't wearing masks I mean one has one but it's it's not not even covering his nose and it's just it's you could see how this could potentially be a very very difficult situation going ahead which with finishing the season because you know what if we continue to see more players testing positive what if what if the the number what number would we have to reach in order for a team to to drop out of the of the season what would that mean i don't it's just i it's just once again just leaves me to feeling very very hesitant about this uh about liga mackey's coming back Dun 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 it's always but anywho, but, drama. Anywho, but we should but we should it's, wrap up the show even though it's on a, a bad note there it's ended on a bad note, uh, but it's Liga Mekis. In the next week, we'll have something that's not has nothing to do with football, and we'll talk about it because it's Liga Mekis. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Tom, Cesar, thank you again to Amy for producing and uh, putting this on. Uh, please, please send us your any comments or uh, any questions that you have at, at Mexican Soccer Show on Facebook and on Twitter, and now on Instagram, which is something pretty cool we have some stories on it you can listen to it uh on spotify directly from instagram when we post it so awesome awesome stay tuned for the league mx preview coming up on thursday hosted by cesar and uh, we'll see you guys next monday hasta la próxima bye bye once again where do you stop recording <laughs> stop recording bye guys <laughs>